Welcome to the Millionaire Cookbook. I'm your host, Mohammed Sabri, and I'm looking to provide you with a million dollars worth of value in a single podcast. All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode. This is episode 19, and today we have a bit of a different guest, but a very special one nonetheless. It is one of my very close best friends, Zach Lazaridis. Now, Zach and I, we met when we were 14 years old, a freshman year of high school. And now, as of uploading this podcast, we're both 21. So it's been seven years, seven great years being friends. And even though, you know, Zach is a bit different compared to the other guests that I have on, you know, entrepreneurs, traders, um, all that stuff. There's still a lot you can take out of this. But the theme for today, it's going to be towards my students listening. You know, a lot of my audience, they're not, you know, they're not like dropouts that want to go start a business and make a bunch of money. They're still students, but they're seeking self-improvement to become the best version of themselves. And a lot of improvement coming from within is going to reflect on their schoolwork, you know, building a routine, being able to focus, finding balance in their life. And that's what today's all about. So with Zach, we go over, you know, a day in a life with him. Uh, we go over the difference between deep work, where, you know, you work a few hours, but you really, really concentrate versus, you know, working long hours, but not as concentrated. Uh, we go over a bit of the education system as well. Finding balance in life. We go a lot into mindset as a student, how to overcome adversity, failure. We go through a lot. You know, if you're a student, literally any struggle you may have, any question you may have, anything that you've come across, we talk about that today. And Zach is by far the best person to bring on for this. Uh, He's a fourth year biomedical science student. Um, he's been applying to med schools from all around and he actually got into one general med school in the United States. So, you know, really good for him. Um, he's definitely one to talk about this topic, you know, just seeing him in high school, seeing how he's performing now. Um, I have no doubt that you guys are really going to enjoy this and I had a real pleasure interviewing him. So Zach, if you're listening to this, um, Again, thanks a lot for coming on. And as for everyone else listening right now, I hope you guys enjoy the episode and I hope you got a lot of value out of it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Millionaire Cookbook. This is episode 19. And today I have my really good friend. We go way, way back. It's Zach Lazaridis. So, Zach, how you doing? Doing well, man. Thank you for having me. It's it's nice to be here finally. Of course. It's nice to have you. I've been trying to get you on for a while. I just uh, had to wait for the right time. And, you know, something just told me now is finally the time to do it. So, looking forward to it. Me too. Me too. So, just getting started, how about you introduce yourself? You know, how old you are, your program, um, you know, kind of your academic story and how you um, chose the path that you're going through right now. 
Yeah, sure. So um currently 21. I'm in my fourth year of biomedical sciences at the University of Ottawa. Um, went to the same high school as you, so you know me from there, obviously. Um, from high school, you know, kind of just slowly discovered that science was something I was always passionate about, uh, as well as volunteering in in hospitals and and stuff like that. I I was looking for for different career paths to merge the two. Um, and I never really wanted to to settle for for anything less than what I thought my potential could be. So I was always kind of st- striving for for the best I could possibly do. And um, you know, my ultimate goal at the end of the day is medicine. And uh, biomedical sciences is a undergrad program that that uh, prepares students well with uh, the foundations of basic science concepts and and you know anatomy and stuff like that and um, it opened many doors for me to then apply to Canadian schools and American schools and and things like that Um, I guess on the side you know been playing soccer since I was a little kid still try to once in a while (laughs) Um, and uh, yeah I don't know it's just uh, school's kind of been the main thing in my life, I guess. That's kind of the drawback of, of the path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different type of guest than what I usually have. You know, people are entrepreneurs <laughs> or they have something else going on. And it's a whole like story. This mm-hmm. one, it's more straightforward, but I had to get you on just because it's a lot more relatable to people. You know what I mean? People are. Yeah, for least. sure. So before people get really excited and want to go through the same path as you or they're not too sure exactly what your kind of day molds around how about you just give us a bit of a day in a life it can be how it is right now or what i'm really interested in you going through is um that one day life you posted on youtube i believe it was the winter of 2018 winter of 2019 (laughs) yeah you, you i think you like left the house really really early and then you got home really really late and there was just a bunch in between so you can go ahead and do explain it however you want, but yeah, man, sure. go ahead. Yeah, a few things I want to touch on. Um, firstly, you know, I think there's a false um, mindset out there of of physicians and being a doctor in general. Of you know, you become a doctor, you make a lot of money. First of all, um, you go in a lot of debt first, and to a lot of your listeners debt is you know death debt is like death basically to your listeners you know so if you're in it for the money you know the all-nighters you might have to pull studying the seven assignments you might have due in one week you really won't be able to do it just because you need the passion for medicine and if money is your goal at the end of the day there's a lot of different other career paths that you could pursue that will lead you there much quicker. Um, as far as a day in a life, you know, another thing I want to touch on is there's a lot of social media influencers who are also um, pre-medical students or doctors who kind of skew reality a bit. And, you know, just personally speaking in that vlog, I kind of did the same. Like I chose the one day that I had to be up really early and the one day that I got home super late to vlog, right? Mm -hmm. And 
you know, that's just something that I did because I wanted to show just how much there is, how much a day could entail of a, of a pre-med student. But at the same time, there's going to be days where you don't really have anything to do and you could chill. So just speaking generally and average, um, you're always going to be worrying about where you're going to be the year after, I guess. So right now I'm in my fourth year and I have to apply to all these schools that have all these prerequisites. And so I have to make sure that I'm fulfilling those classes, attaining the right grades, um, getting the right volunteer work, getting the right reference letters. And these are all things that I have to think about on a daily basis on top of studying, um, on top of trying to spend time with family and friends. And so I just, just typically the, the days vary in between looking back at it, like looking back at last year, it's all kind of a haze, you know, like it's all just kind of a one general year. And what did I do in that year? Gotcha. So, um, you know, I know you touched up on, you know, how you have to have a, you know, a real passion for medicine. If you're in it for money, you know, there's different ways to go about it. So I'm assuming yeah. that even though there is, you know, struggles and setbacks that come with what you're trying to do, I am assuming just based off what you said, you actually enjoy it. And this is actually what you want to spend the rest of your life doing, right? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I've, I've seen my friends go through different, uh, you know, programs and, and for me, like the only thing I could see myself doing that to find fulfillment in, and that's the big thing. Like, what are you passionate about that you can go into work every day and have some purpose in doing? And for me, that's just medicine for you. It might be something else. Like for me, caring about a patient, being there for them when nobody else could help them in a sense. And, you know, that that's kind of why all of us in this path dedicate so much time and studying because first of all, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And mm -hmm. I don't think there's any other feeling that just, there's no other better feeling than being in a room one-on-one -on -one with a patient and solely just for the betterment of their health and mm -hmm. to make their lives better and to cure whatever they have going on or to, you know, help them through anything or um, advocate on behalf of their best interest or help them prevent a certain disease. For me, that's what I find most fulfilling about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I really wanted you to just reassure that a second time because, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, maybe not personally, but, you know, just general around the world, you know, people will choose a really tough career path, whether it's medicine or law or engineering, whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, it's either because the money or because they got pressured by family or because of like, you know, just society norms, you know, people go into stuff because the role that they're doing in their career, it's like respected in society. You know, if, if you right. meet a stranger and they say, Hey, what do you do? If you say like you're a doctor or a lawyer, people will look at you like, like your high status or something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just wanted you to reassure that one more time, just so people, if they do choose 
a career path that is difficult, that does require a bit more effort per se. And it's not to knock on other programs, you know, post-secondary in general. It is, it's difficult. It does take work, but something like this, where it does take just a little more effort, a little more sacrifice, a little more time, people got to go in for the right reasons, especially because I don't know this statistic you can correct me on this i think like 50 percent of students or something end up changing their major um during post-secondary yeah within within undergrad um i know at the beginning like first year of of biomed there might have been i don't know maybe like 200 students and now by the end fourth year there might be probably a bit more than half but at the end of the day a lot of them did end up changing programs yeah and that's the other thing like you the the process is a long and and tiring one Mm. but at the same time it's also it's also fulfilling in itself like you you have to enjoy it you have to make friends because you need kind of just that outlet you have to know that you're not going through it by yourself and so that's why a lot of people end up joining clubs and having little study groups because if you just always stick by yourself in a really hard program I guess um, that can lead to heavy burnout and you know just other symptoms like depression and and being anxious and things like that Mm -hmm. 100% and I do want to touch up on balance and all that stuff a bit later in the podcast but um, yeah yeah so just moving on to the next question because you know I got you on because you know you're younger you're 21 you're in the same position as a lot of people that we all know, you know, 21, you're in school, young guy, just studying, you know, even though that even though my niche is, you know, entrepreneurship and stuff like that, at the end of the day, it is a self improvement podcast. And a lot of people chasing self improvement, they're in post secondary. So leading mm-hmm. to my next question that a lot of people can take from whether they're in biomed, whether they're in high school, whether they're trying to get into post secondary, whatever it may be, can you just go through, you know, any struggles you may have went through during either high school trying to get into biomed or during your first four years of biomed right now, you know, university so far. So this can be academic struggles, um, struggle with time management and balance, uh, struggle with social life, etc. you know, kind of just anything, any roadblocks and how you overcame them and just some advice for people that may face the same struggles and how they can kind of avoid them or get through. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I think um, to a lot of people listening out there, like if you're in a similar path or doing something completely different, whatever we have going on, we all have our individual struggles. And um, for me personally, um, you know, spending a lot of my days studying and, and making sure I'm, I'm getting good grades and all that takes a toll on the time you spend on family and with friends and so there was a period of time where I might have went like a month and a half or two months without hanging out with any friends and then you know people start asking like yo like where's Zach is he good what's going on and it you're you almost feel like a bit of an outsider to friends that are not in the same program but at the same time 
if you have a solid group of friends that understand what you're doing, you know, that all works out in itself. Um, as well as attaining bad grades. Um, I myself have not had perfect grades going through undergrad and, and high school. And it's, it's really about how you bounce back from that. Um, mindset is, is the number one important thing you have to master. And for example, if you get a bad grade and let it consume you and let it make your make your decision to change programs, well, you just lost. Mm-hmm. You just lost the whole the whole battle, right? Um, in other terms, if you get a bad grade and you start researching different ways to um, retake the class or uh, make up for the grade in your other classes or, you know, uh, formulate a way to approach a professor and, you know, say like, look, I was, I was in attendance your whole class. Is there another project I can do for you to hopefully bump up my grade? If you're thinking of different ways to improve yourself after a bad grade or, you know, it goes for anything like a bad grade or, um, if you didn't get a research position or a job or anything, you always have to, f- you always have to stay focused on the long-term goal and see, and, and this goes for your stuff as well and see how you can improve yourself. You can't let it consume you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been times like that through my schooling and there's going to be times like that going forward in the future. And I just have to keep reminding myself why I'm in it why I'm doing it um, and that and having good friends and family around definitely helps that. hundred percent. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because you know, everything you touched up on, that's something a lot of students go through, even not just students, people that are in anything. Like for me, a good example is like, you know, if I lose a client in my business or for trading, if I lose a trade in the market, I'm going to touch up on trading because it's the most relatable. You know, a lot of people, they'll lose a yeah. trade, they'll lose some money, you know, they'll let it consume them. You know, it's like, crap, I just lost some money. You know, I expected to make this much and instead I ended up losing this much. And then a lot of people, they'll, they'll get very discouraged. They might quit or they'll go back to the market, go back to the computer and they'll start doing something called revenge trading where it's not even trading at this point, it's gambling. You know, yeah. you know like at the casino of someone like, loses something, you know, they'll put in more money trying to like make back what they lost and more, and then just an endless cycle. And then they just end up getting clean. Basically it's kind of the Mm -hmm. same thing with the charts. You can do that or you can do something like, okay, look at the trade, look at the market. Why did the trade not work out? Were there any variables you might've missed? Did you break any of the rules? And once you identify that, just fix it and, improve for next time it happened to me this week you know i missed a couple things on my chart that i you know i wouldn't have otherwise missed and i improved on it and then i ended up fixing it same thing with the grade c you know why you got that question wrong why you got that formula wrong whatever it may be and then just work on improving it for next time yeah one thing i also want to say is like you know one minute passes 
So either way, whatever, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, it could be, so just an example, right? You have an assignment to do and it's 2 p.m. You can either procrastinate and probably not do it that night um, or you can do it. And by the time it's eight o'clock, that's six hours of your life that has passed no matter what you do. And I guarantee you 100%, whether it's school or investing in yourself or further your learning or doing something good for the world or your friends or family, just use your time um, to, to always find things that can just better, better yourself, better other people. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to like, <laughs> you don't want to be lying in your bed and be like, man, I did nothing today. Yeah. But at the same time, it's okay to have those break days too, mm-hmm. but just not making it a habit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, a, a thing I go by is this is for a work day. This isn't for like a break day. Like you just mentioned, if it's like a normal work day, words I go by is don't rest your head on the pillow until you're satisfied with your day, you know, cause yeah. I don't want to be in bed thinking, you know, Oh, I, I didn't do this. I could have done that. I want to be a hundred percent fulfilled because, you know, not only do I have a sense of accomplishment that helps your sleep too, because lower cortisol levels, lower stress that increases sleep quality and vice versa. The higher stress you have, the more cortisol levels you have heading into bed your sleep is going to suffer both in terms of quality and quantity. And right. um, one more thing about like, you know, getting bad grades and stuff, you know, I've been in this position before. I'm sure lots of people have been in this position. Maybe you've been in this position too. You have a test coming up, a quiz, an exam, whatever it may be. You spend so much time and effort preparing for it. You know, you schedule it perfectly. You study every day, you study the right stuff. You think you all got it. You're very confident going into the test. During the test, you're super confident. You get it back and it's not the grade you weren't expecting. And it's mm-hmm. in some cases, it's a grade that you weren't expecting at all in terms of, you know, it's super, super low. Yeah. What advice would you give for someone like that that is very discouraged, that's thinking, you know, I just spent all that time studying, all that effort, I did everything perfectly, and this still happens, you know, what's the point of trying? What advice would you give? So, and I'm, I'm speaking for people that are going through the same thing, and I'm yeah. speaking for myself in high school because there have been times where, you know, in grade 10, 11, 12, you know, I wouldn't really count grade nine, I don't know, that's kind of a blur to me, but... <laughs> During those years, you know, there'll be times where I put so much time, so much effort, I'd schedule everything perfectly. I'm super confident. I'd get the test back and I got way lower than I expected. And at that point, it's like, you know what? I'm getting the same grades as if I wasn't even trying at all. What's the point? So what advice would you give in that regard? Well, I would say that you have to acknowledge something, something is wrong, right? Something is not right with either with the way you're studying or what you're studying. You know, it's not always the amount of time you spend studying. It's it's how you study. It's how you retain information. It's, you know, like, are you taking breaks too much or too little? All these things can influence how your brain holds information. 
and long-term potentiation and everything. And, you know, if, if you're someone who's struggling with this type of thing and, and putting a lot of time and, and you feel effort into work and you're not getting the results you want, well, you have to reach out for help. Um, you know, there's several ways to do that. There's a lot of online resources. There's Khan Academy. There's tutors. You can always approach your teachers because you need feedback on what you're doing and how to improve. If you're just going to take that C plus and do the same thing for the next test, well, you're probably going to get a C plus the next test. It's the way you respond and also answer the feedback you get um, because constructive criticism goes a long way with just fine tuning the way you study. Even myself, like I'm always trying to fine tune the way I'm, I'm reading lectures, I'm writing my notes, I might recondense notes. Um, and then when I get to medical school, I, it's a lot of information coming at once. So I might have to find different ways of, of um, learning. And I know a way that a lot of medical students use is by using flashcards um, and by going through case studies together and things like that. So, you know, don't get too discouraged because it's really a common thing. Um, it's a lot to ask for students to, to kind of jump into you know, like, let's say, let's say you're in grade 12 taking a science class, and you've never taken a science class before. It's a lot to ask someone to just dive into the information, because they won't know how to study that stuff. Um, so yeah, you have to reach out for help, whether that's a tutor, the professor, or just the internet. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, 100%. Like, I completely agree with getting feedback and stuff. And that's why you know, teachers, whether it's in school or out of school, they're very, very powerful. You know, in, inside of school, you're going to get teachers. Um, what, what do you call those people that assist the teachers in post-secondary? Uh, TAs. TAs, teaching, yeah. Teaching yeah. assistants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never been to <laughs> university. So, yeah, you have TAs. Um, there's tutors available. Um, even like these days, like online tutors, they're available. You know, you'll can hop on a zoom call like the one we're on right now and they'll guide you through it um and and dude like sorry for interrupting you yeah, but yeah, go ahead. i you know i took a i took a first year physics class and the physics class itself offers a free help center that was available like every week and this is a physics class that's you know one to two hundred students and this was before quarantine, before pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think the professor said that maybe three students per week were going. Wow. And in those centers, you have PhD students who are so well-versed in this type of stuff, ready to help people. And the students aren't taking advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And so you have to recognize that it really starts within yourself. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like teachers are very powerful. Tutors, the help center, like you just said, in sports, you know that's why people have coaches. You know, in in fitness, that's why there's personal trainers. In yeah. in business, any other venture, that's why there's mentors. Like for me, without my mentors, like yeah, they were some like, I don't want to say some, 
like pretty much all of them, they were expensive. They cost money up front, but the return you get both monetary and non-monetary, it's a lot better than just figuring it out yourself. Not only do you save time because a mentor, a teacher, a coach, they'll cut the learning curve. I'm sure you can testify for this, you know, like you going to a teacher or a tutor or the help center or the TA, it for sure cut the learning curve, learning the material compared to you just figuring it out yourself, right? Right. And while you're there, they may even spill out some, you know, little hints or information of, of what to expect on a test or something. So you never know, right? Um, how did you like, how did you pick a mentor? Because, you know, there, there must be so many out there advertising themselves. How did you like pick one? Yeah. So I guess I'll just, um, I've had a lot through the last couple of years of entrepreneurship, you know, different industries, sometimes a few in the same industry, but what I look for, I have to relate to them as a person, you know, if I don't click with their personality, then I'm not going to click with them period. You know what I mean? So that's one thing. Um, do they relate to my style? So for trading, you know, they have to be a day trader. They have to trade the same instruments that I trade and they have to have like the same outlook at the market as me because they're basically the same person as me, but at a higher level. And right. I have to learn less at that point because if I were to go to someone that's training a completely different style, different instruments, different market altogether, that's a whole other learning curve and their strategy and their teachings are accommodating to what they're doing, their style. Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah, I can take some information from them, add it to me, but it's not optimal. So that's another thing. They have to fit my style. And the third thing is just professionalism. You know, if you're, if they're like not professional, if they're slacking, if they're, I'm not going to name anyone, but <laughs> yeah, professionalism is professionalism is really big for me. So someone like Iman, he was my very first mentor, not just in marketing, but ever for entrepreneurship without him, I would not be where I am right now at all. Not just in business, but in life. Uh, personality, we both clicked, you know, he's born in 2000. He's a younger guy. We think the same in that regard, you know, I, I'm yeah. not hiring some like really, really old person. And I'm not saying that old people don't know how to mentor, but I just relate to someone better if they're in my age range. That's one and thing. Uh, yeah, ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just about to say, like, everything you just said can be translated into finding a tutor. You know, personality, how you click, um, their expertise in the subject. These are all things that when you find a tutor, um, then help your own um, uh, tests and grades and things. So yeah. the same thing applies, right? You're just 100%. looking to help your trading and your marketing for people in school. It's their grades. Yeah. And like the learning style too, it has to be the same because a lot of tutors, they might not get the information across to you better than the next tutor. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's another thing about Iman, you know, he's very young. Personality wise, you know, I love this personality. I love the way he carried himself, the way he spoke, the way he gave information to people. You know, whenever he spoke, I listened. And that's a big thing mm -hmm. that can relate to the tutors. When they speak, you need to listen. Yeah. And the third thing, <clears throat> it was very professional. You know, for someone that young to have such a well-structured program, 
a well-structured business, well-structured YouTube channel, all of that. I was like, okay, I got to go for this guy. And he was pricey. His course and program, it was an upfront fee of a thousand US. And look, I made back way more than the thousand US. Like, obviously I made that money back monetarily, you know, just by signing clients and applying the information. I was able to make that money back and more, but the extra stuff I learned outside of the money, it goes way past a thousand dollars. So, right. Yeah. And then my current trading mentor right now, he's a young guy, he's 23 trading style. We're both day traders. We trade the same instruments. Uh, we both trade the same style because like for me, I knew how to trade. I was already consistent, but I had little gaps in my trading that had to be filled. So if right. I just went to a guy that trades pretty much the exact same as me, but has it all held down, he'll be able to yep. fill the gap. It's the same thing with tutoring for those listening. You know, you might know a subject in and out, but there's some concepts within a unit or within the subject as a whole that you might not get. So find a tutor that has that all laid down and they can help you fill that gap. You know, if you're chasing physics, you know, maybe you don't know one of the formulas, you're not going to go to like a biology tutor. You know what I mean? You're going to go to a physics tutor that knows exactly what you're doing. So, and just to relate that again, like you're someone who's completely out of school yet you have a uh, sort of like a supervisor, you have sort of a teacher, yep. you know, and for people in high school who are struggling and feel like they're on their own, you know, take Mo who's out completely out of school, who still has someone to look up to and has someone teaching them. Mm-hmm. You know, when, if you're struggling in school right now, you have to find somebody who can help you. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, what I go by and what a lot of my, you know, circle, as far as business friends go by, you know, always be a student, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are, how much you think, you know, there's always someone that's better than you. You know, someone knows more than you. Someone's been in it longer than you. Someone makes more money than you, you know, try to learn from them. You know, you can always be a student. You can always improve because except for this podcast, this podcast is nothing's better than it. (laughs) Appreciate it. Appreciate it. But yeah, like always, always strive to learn more. You know, I I feel like a lot of people, their ceiling is a lot higher than they think. And I feel like, you know, that's something you recognize and that's why you went through the career path you went through. You know, you weren't just going to settle for anything. You wanted to settle for, a program that requires effort, time, and a very rewarding career, both money-wise and, like you said, you get a lot of fulfillment helping okay. people with their health. Like it's a it's a long path, um, but at the end of the day, I didn't want to I didn't want to be, you know, thirty, forty years old and be like, what if I, what if I tried, you know, mm-hmm. like what could have happened? What could have the potential been? So. That's just me right now. I'm just going through it. I'm just trying. So later on in life, I don't have to look back and say, what if? 100%, man. I agree. And just to close off this um, topic we have before moving on to the next one, you mentioned help centers. For those listening, if you do have a help center, or I know for high school, there's like, I think, what's it called? Like after school club, it was called or something? Yeah, there's like um, clubs and reading groups and things like that. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like during lunch, they offer help. I highly encourage everybody, if you're struggling even the slightest, just go visit. Because for me and my current trading mentor, he holds 
Zoom calls pretty much every day, like almost every day, if not every other day. Sometimes even twice a day he's done it. And I'm telling you, like, I think there's around like 140 of us in, a, in the community. And every time I attend a Zoom call, there's between 30 and 50 of us. And I'm telling you, the 30 to 50 of us that are in that Zoom call, watching him go through the charts, watching him explain concepts, answering our questions in real time, because that's, a th that's the thing about tutors and teachers. You know, they get to answer your questions, your specific questions. That's what they're here to do. You know, a, oh, te yeah. a textbook or Google, they'll just give you a very generalized answer. But if you have a specific problem, someone that you're asking that specific question to, they'll be able to answer it. But yeah, let's moving on to the point I'm trying to make. All of us in that Zoom call, 100%, we're doing a lot better than those that aren't attending it, that are skipping every single session. You know, because like I see what goes on in these calls and people ask phenomenal questions. The mentor himself, his name is Tyron. He gives phenomenal explanations and people are really missing out. And I feel like people are missing out on these clubs, reading groups, extra help, whatever it may be. And, you know, I feel a difference going into these meetings and, you know, these extra help sessions versus when I skip them. Big, big difference. And yeah, school, I'm 100% I'm sure it's no different. Yep. Awesome. So moving on to the next one, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, taking too little breaks, taking too many breaks, you know, doing your study blocks. I just want to touch up on very deep work versus, I don't know if there's a term, I just call it like long work. So <laughs> less, less hours, but very, very quality hours versus yeah. a lot longer hours, but those blocks, they aren't as quality. So for me, I... I'm a hundred percent for deep work. A lot of my business associates, people in my circle, they're for deep, deep work as well. I got the concept from Eman originally, my first mentor. So basically you work for a 50 minute block, very, very deep. I'm talking like zero breaks during that time. You don't have time to check your phone. You're not checking your notifications. You're not looking at your browser. You even have like alpha and beta frequencies in the background. You know, there have been studies that showed, you know, people took actual brain scans and look at the brain frequencies of those listening to these frequencies, like beta frequencies and people that didn't listen to them and the people that had them playing in the background, they had a lot more focus than those that didn't. So you're going, Very interesting. Whole, yeah, like you're going the whole nine yards. You're focusing for 50 minutes. And you're getting so much done in that and it's super quality work. Then you take a 10 minute break and then you yeah. repeat that process over three more times. And you know, the, the person, I forgot the author's name, but um, the person that came up with the concept deep work and the person that wrote the book about it, he basically said the human's brain, they have the mental capacity to have four hours of actual deep work per day. That's like their, that's like the capacity. For some people, it might be a bit more. For some people, it might be less, especially if, you know, you're not really able to focus that well. But four hours for, that's basically like the average. Yeah. That's what I do. A lot of other people, they'll go like 10 hours a day studying, 12 hours, 16 hours, whatever it may mm -hmm. be. And they may say it's that long, but, you know, during that time, they'll, they'll be on their phone or I'm sure you've seen it. You know, you've studied at libraries before. 
someone will have their laptop open, but they're scrolling through their phone at the same time. And, you know, benefit of the doubt, they might be researching something on that phone, but knowing our generation, a lot of that time, they're probably on Facebook or Instagram or messaging someone, whatever it may be. So I just want to get your thoughts. What do you think of what I just said? You know, the deep work, low hours, but very, very high quality. So during those four hours, you're getting technically more than four hours worth of work done versus mm-hmm. getting a lot of hours, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours. But at the end, you're getting like three, four hours worth of work. So, you know, what do you tend to lean for and what are your thoughts on both of them? Yeah, so um, first of all, I would say whenever you're doing any type of work to just put your phone away, mm-hmm. I think that's the number one thing. Um, I kind of separate my work into two different types. Um, I have like assignment work and then I call memorizing work. So like if I'm studying for a test or something and I don't really have a set rigorous schedule like you do. Like I, I think you mentioned 50 minutes of work and then break and, um, I find if I focus too much on focusing, I lose focus, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll take a concept like that and I'll try to tailor it to myself. So, for example, when I try to do my memorizing work, um, I'll go through a chapter and then I'll put away my notes and try to recite the chapter back to myself. And then once I'm finished that and I've kind of repeated it to myself a few times, I'll, I'll go take a break. I'll go for a little walk. I'll go get a cup of coffee. You know, I may check my phone, but most often than not. And I kind of just do it like that one chapter at a time. And at the end of it, I'll try to do all of the chapters at once type thing, you know? So that's my memorizing. Um, Sometimes you don't have a choice. Like let's say, you're busy and your test is tomorrow and you have to do all this work for tonight. Um, You may end up working for six, seven hours. Optimally, I think you should aim for about four hours max per day. Mm -hmm. Uh, That kind of, you know, like you said, I kind of just said that that number from experience, but (laughs) you actually said it referring to someone's book. Yeah. Um, yeah, I find that amount of time you've you've spent enough time just reinforcing ideas and also you're you're allowing your brain to take a break, um, which is very important. Um, for the other type of work, like assignment work, if I'm working on a project, you know, sometimes I'll I'll have some music on a very soft volume or maybe just like a a random like TV show playing in the background and, and this is just work that like for example um in math class when you have like assigned questions you know just doing question after question um just kind of plowing through it like no memorization required you're focusing but you don't have to like you know learn anything you're just kind of applying your knowledge that you already have Mm -hmm. Uh, another thing i'll mention is for me personally it's very important to either attend lectures or just um, watch the recording if it's posted online or something 
just because when you're studying or you're taking the test, um, when you've heard something before, uh, your your brain does something which it like there's two types of uh, there's two types of questions. There's open-ended questions and then multiple choice questions, right? Mm -hmm. So an open-ended question, you have to um, you have to abstractly think about what you're what you're gonna say. And so on the other hand, during the multiple choice questions, if you've heard something before, there's a higher chance that you'll be able to recognize um, a term from the list of multiple choice answers mm -hmm. just based off of your, your auditory listening. And so, you know, I think personally attending a lecture or watching it or just listening to the prof explain it, you have a higher chance of, of getting multiple choice questions, right? Just off, just off of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I'm kind of glad you touched up on how you have like two different types of studying. You know, you have like, you said like assignment and memorizing, right? Yep. Those are two different types. Yeah. For me, like, I don't want people to get the idea that I only work like three, four, five hours and then that's, I'm done for the day. You know, I'm talking like those like four hours max. That's like very deep focused work. I still do work after that. And I split it into high cognitive tasks and yep. low cognitive, high cognitive. Right. That's like the deep intensive stuff that I will put into my deep work blocks. You know, this is something like creating a meal plan from scratch from somebody. Um, researching some email marketing concepts, researching mm -hmm. some trading concepts, stuff like that. You know, that's something I really have to be very attentive to. Or if I'm on a meeting with a client, I have to be present with them. Just like how on this podcast, I'm present with you. You know what I mean? It's, it's basically learning new information, right? Exactly. Some new information, that's the key. Yeah, learning new information or you're doing some very mentally intensive work which again like you said learning new information because your your brain is it's not familiar with it. it has to absorb it and memorize it low cognitive this can be like you know answering emails or um on trading like marking up my charts it's very easy i can literally do that while listening to music while listening to something in the background marking yeah. up my charts um you know stuff like that the possibilities are endless i can't really think of much on top of my head but you know, there's some tasks that tasks that won't be as mentally draining and some that will be as more mentally draining. Like editing a podcast, for example. Exactly. And if you're a student, you know, a, a high cognitive task, that can be something like writing an essay or cramming for an exam. Low cognitive, that can be something like, you know, rewriting your notes from the lecture you just took. You know, a lot of people, what I used to do is like, when I actually would write notes because... If anyone knows me, I didn't really write many notes in school, but I'd, I'd quickly like, you know, rewrite the notes during the class, sloppy writing. I'll just get the information down before the slide is gone. And then when I get home, I'll just copy them again. Better writing. I'll highlight the important information, stuff like that. Yeah. That's low cognitive because I'm not memorizing anything. The information's already in front of me. So, I would say the first, first, first time of rewriting or maybe the first couple of times maybe put it into high cognitive mm -hmm. just so it's solidified and then if you choose to further rewrite notes that could be a low cognitive 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's some advice for people. You know, even if you're an entrepreneur, you're not a steward listening to this, just put your work into high cognitive, deep work, low cognitive, not as deep work. This is stuff that you're, you can afford getting distracted in, you know what I mean? Or you can do it with something else in the background or while you're tending to someone, something else or somebody else, if someone's trying to talk to you. Right. And, um, if anyone's interested, I did Google it. If you're interested, Zach, the book is called deep work rules for focus, success in a distracted world. And it's by Cal Newport. Okay. Interesting. I'll have a look. Awesome. And if, if anyone doesn't have the time to read it or you're not a fan of books, um, I'm sure there's YouTube summaries on there and you can just literally Google about this book as well. People have written articles just about the concept and you can get the whole gist of it. So sounds good. Awesome. So next thing would be finding balance. You know, you're in biomed. It's a very intensive program and most university programs, they are intensive. They do require work. You know, you're attending lectures and then you have to study the material and you have to go here and you have to do that. There's a lot that goes into it. How do you find balance? You know, you have a great group of friends, you have a great girlfriend, you play sports, um, you still find time to, you know, play games, whether it's with yourself or with us, you know, like among us last night. <laughs> and you also have a great family, you know, there's all, you have a lot going on in your life. How do you find balance between making sure you're on top of your grades, on top of your schoolwork and actually tending to stuff away from that? Well, first of all, thank you for hyping me up. Um, Of course, man. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Nah, yeah, I think think you pretty much just stated kind of the most important things in my life. Um, On top of that, you know, just trying to not always eat badly. Like sometimes you don't have a choice and you need kind of just a quick thing but just kind of being health conscious and uh, making sure you're getting some type of exercise, even going for a walk or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, my biggest asset in uh, balance is time management and specifically through the use of Google Calendar. And so I put everything in there from meeting up with friends to spending time with my girlfriend. Actually, no, not spending time. That's a little too much. (laughs) <laughs> to put in a calendar structure like that. But I mean, just like your assignments and um, like time allocated that you want to to put towards anything you're doing, interviews, things like, things like that. Um, I find putting it out there on the calendar reassures myself that I have time allocated to do these things. And that way I'm not overwhelmed just by like, just by like um, the deadline randomly popping in my head. And it's like, oh yeah, I have that due on Friday. Um, When am I going to do this though? When am I going to do that? So I find the calendar has been a great help in uh, balancing specifically schoolwork so that I know know when I'm free to do other things. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Definitely structuring it with google calendar that's that's huge i used to do it and then uh, i'll be honest i got kind of lazy just you know putting it in making all pretty and colorful and stuff like that so what i just do is um, part of the fun yeah (laughs) for me i'm a lot more old-fashioned i literally just like writing stuff so what i'll do is Mm -hmm. i have a huge whiteboard right here right next to my monitor on my desk you know you've been over to my house 
house you've seen it. Yep. What I'll do is I'll write down the three most important things I have to do during the day to bring me forward in my business and my career. <clears throat> I'll write those down and those are going to be part of my deep work. You know, some of this is low cognitive, you know, like, like trading, attending the, the New York session, you know, while I'm waiting for a trade, I can like, I can afford yeah. to go on my phone and stuff, but something yeah. like, like over here, building abandoned cart sequence, that is something that I have to be present for, you know, I have to, I have to be present for building those emails, the, the time I'm sending those emails, all that stuff, you know, I can't mess up. I have to build, do that. Building a meal plan as well. I'm doing it from scratch. I have to get the calories right, the numbers right, portions right. I got to be present for that. Mm -hmm. And then under that, after the three most important things, I have like low cognitive stuff as well and just some extra reminders. And then from there, I, since I have everything laid out right there, all raw, I'll go on my phone and then I'll just time it all out, you know? So like 8 a.m. I'm doing this, 10 a.m. I'm doing that. And then I go like that, so yeah i think i think also like you said and i touched on it earlier having short-term and long-term goals mm -hmm. for example um some short-term goals for myself would be like okay i have two midterms next week how do i prepare for that whereas long-term goal um might be like working on my thesis project that's due in march or like um interviewing for medical schools for next year and getting things ready for that. So just kind of um, also arranging your time, making sure that you're putting things into your long-term goals over time, but also making sure that you get your short-term goals done at the same time. 100%. They both, have, they both have equal prevalence in your life, but it's important to just make sure um, you're, you're efficiently like working on both of them at the same time. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really glad that you brought that up because <laughs> all the other people that on my on my podcast that have talked about balance, you know, they've touched up on everything you've said, as well as some other things, but no one has mentioned yet about short and long long term goals. And that's not to knock all the other guests that I had, you know, they've given some phenomenal advice. But what I like about this podcast, what I like about what I you know, the people I bring on no one really repeats the same thing. You know, people have the same general idea, but the way they go about it and some little side notes here and there, it's different. And your little side note that's different is the short and long-term goals. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> awesome. And another thing I can add on to for finding balance is, you know, have some time for downtime, winding down time to yourself, because that's really how you stay sane and, I should keep yourself going because like, you know, thinking at the top of my head, my, and during my schedule, I do have some, I do have some downtime during the day. You know, I have some time for a quick nap. I have some time to just do whatever I want and kind of restart my brain. I feel like that's very, very important. Just being on the go, 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 go all the time. Like you're some robot that doesn't need their batteries recharged. I yeah. feel like that's very unhealthy and that can lead to burnout really quickly. I feel like short term, that can be useful. Like if you have something coming up, like an exam or a big project, whatever it may be, but it's not sustainable. I feel like that's one of those things you have to reserve in your arsenal as like a trump card type of thing. But for like everyday life, I don't think it's sustainable. And I'm sure you can agree as well. Yeah, like I'll try to, I'll try to like listen to just a 
like a podcast or or something like that during the day and then at night like I'll try to watch a couple of episodes of Netflix just to just to have something else in your life that feels like a routine and for some that might be like going to the gym too right Mm -hmm. just have having another um, source of routineness in your life to not always feel like your work 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 yeah no 100% like um last fall uh fall 2019 you know you and I we both had soccer every Wednesday night yeah and that was like kind of an outlet that was part of our routine that's something that yeah had to be done away from our work and it, it did good for all of us oh yeah for sure it's, yeah. it's also like looking forward to it right so mm-hmm. like for me if I had assignments due that week I'd try to always get them done before the game and then that way the game kind of acts like a positive reward system yeah no 100% it's like one of those things where okay I got the work done now I can have fun and I can feel good having that fun because I know I got all my stuff done yeah, and, exactly. and you know, if any of our former teammates are listening to this, they can testify to this as well. They were all busy students. You know? <laughs> so awesome. So we're really, really close to closing off the podcast right before the quick fire questions. But sure. the last main thing I want to talk about. So another reason why I chose you to get on apart from like any other student is because not only are you, are you my close friend, you're in a really good program. But as well, you're a very objective person, you know, you're very logical and you have a very unbiased view of things. You know, you just look at things the way they are and the facts surrounding them. You know, I guess that's pretty common for a science person. You know, you're learning about facts (laughs) and just all that stuff. But what are your thoughts on going to school versus something that I did, you know, dropping out or maybe not going to school at all from the get go and do you think school doesn't allow some students to kind of express themselves or do you think that school kind of neglects other people and their way of learning or their style of retaining information or the way they want to go about life? Stuff like that. You know, what, what do you think? Do, do people have to go to school? Is that the end all be all? Do you think that depending on what you're going into, you may or may not need it? And you know, while you're at it, touch up on school and how it may or may not accommodate to some people. Sure. Um, Yeah, you know, I think learning, just learning science over and over again, we kind of get used to the scientific method about just looking about um, objective facts and things like that. So uh, in terms of school, I would say it really depends what your end goal is. So, for example, if you're going into a high-yield program, professional program, or like your, your end goal is to be a dentist, for example, or a lawyer, those are things that uh, unfortunately <laughs> require like high-level degrees. And for that, you, you do have to go through it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who don't know what they want or haven't decided um you know school isn't necessarily the answer uh university at least like a lot of people go through colleges and have amazing successful careers a lot of people open up their own businesses a lot of people work right out of high school through apprenticeships and you know 
you you shouldn't feel like school is your only option it's just one of them mm-hmm. and there's people out there now more than ever over the internet this podcast you can hear success stories uh from people who haven't really gone through the traditional post uh, secondary route mm-hmm. um as far as like school goes and the system I think it has its flaws. Uh, I don't know if it caters to everybody and their specific learning, um, like their specific learning needs. But at the same time, if everything was kind of handed to us, like on a silver platter, like, first of all, that's impossible just because everybody's different. And also if it was easy, then everyone would kind of just like be at the top of the class and have A pluses. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of work that the individual has to do on their part as well. Um, you know, I've been lucky with teachers in high school who have been helpful and others who have not been so, and the same thing in university. Mm-hmm. And it's just about how to deal with them and to um, have good peers in the class to kind of compare your notes with or study with. Um, and so school, if you do go through it, it's, it's the best of what you make of it. And I touched on it earlier, but even though university has been like, you know, there's been days where it's been really, really hard. I'm not going to lie, like, it's been really hard. But I think looking back at it, I'll kind of see it as one of the best times of my life at the same time. And I don't know if I have a clear explanation as to why, but it's just kind of like, you know, it's something I've been working so hard for. And that could apply to school, that could apply to your business. And so, you know, as long as you kind of enjoy the process that's what's important and you're working to towards something that you're passionate about yeah 100 percent, completely agree with that and i really love the answer you gave you know you there's not really much for me to add on because you basically wrapped it up but what i will say is you know as far as like going to school or dropping out whatever it may be if you're gonna drop out make sure it's a low risk decision not a high risk decision like when i did it it was a bit more high risk because, you know, at the time I was still working at McDonald's. I didn't have much savings. I did. All I had was a plan. That's all I had, you know, a plan and worst comes to worst. Hey, I'll just go back. That was, that was my mentality. And it worked out a lot of people. It's, it's really not, it might not work out, but. And and by the way, like just to add on to something really quick, uh working at McDonald's, could be seen from a variety of perspectives like in your case you were working there uh, as you dropped out of school for example Mm -hmm. for me i i worked there in high school and i saw it as such a great opportunity because i had great reference letters Mm -hmm. and also a lot of people who interviewed me viewed working at mcdonald's as like like even in a medical school interview they asked about it and so don't be I guess the my point is don't be afraid of working at these places that are seen as like you know 
dead yeah. end jobs because in some cases they may not be. Yeah, yeah. And like one thing I you know, a lot of people like in the space of like entrepreneurship and business, they're like almost ashamed to have a job or they feel like they're like above that. Mm-hmm. My eyes like the only thing you should be ashamed of is being broke. That's right. that's the only thing you should be ashamed of, not having a job. You know, I'd rather have some BS job, but getting my bank account filled up every couple of weeks versus not having a job and worrying about, Hey, can I afford this dinner that I'm about to buy with my friends or something, you know, and make the best out of it. Like you never know who the people are working with you and what connections they may have, you know, yeah. like you just never know. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. So completely agree. But yeah, like, like you said, those dead end jobs, there's different perspectives. Like in my position, you know, I just dropped like I had the, on the surface, it looked like a horrible decision. Like I'm working at McDonald's. I just dropped out of school. And the only thing I got going on in my life right now, because like at the time you knew this, you were one of the first people to know I wasn't really open about my goals and dreams and, you know, my vision, you know, I only told like you, maybe like one or two other people that stay quiet. And then my family, nobody else knew on the surface, what it looked like to everybody else. It's a guy that just dropped out of school and now he's at McDonald's. That looks kind of odd on the surface. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, you and know, McDonald's think, what like paid your bills while you were chasing your goals. Exactly. Like I McDonald's paychecks are the reason I was able to afford Eman's teachings, uh, Ryan's teachings, Jordan's teachings. You know, these are some of my mentors of uh, Finn's Finn's teachings as well. Like they're, they're the reason like those, those paychecks, they were the reason I was able to even progress. You know what I mean? And I learned a lot while I was there. You learned a lot while you were there too. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you can take out of it. Maybe not. And I'm talking about like soft skills. I'm not talking about, Hey, I learned how to flip a patty or Hey, I learned how to make coffee. Yeah. I'm talking about like the soft skills, you know, managing a team, working with other people, dealing communication. with communication, communication. Yeah. That's a very, very big one. And also I want to say like, um, you know, to people who work at McDonald's like full time or anything, like, I mean, no offense into anything. And I know you don't mean any either. Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody has their own situation at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so just yeah, speaking yeah. on behalf of my perspective, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I knew my situation was temporary. You know, I knew I wasn't going to be there forever. So I thought, you know, may as well put up with it till it's done. And it was done. I think it was like five months later. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you are going into something that values experience over the degree, maybe rethink the path that you're going to take. Like for me, you know, I was in my post-secondary program. It was fitness and health promotion at Algonquin. And the path I wanted to go was online, like coaching online, specifically online coaching. The more I thought about it, I'm like, hold up. People are going to value my knowledge and my testimonials way more than the fact that I went to school. And two years later, I'm right. You know, it's almost been three years now. Whenever someone DMs me and asks for a program, they ask, hey, what can you do for me? Who else have you helped? They don't ask, hey, did you go to school for this? Were you in a fitness program? Did you go to, are you a kinesiologist? Are you this? Are you that? They don't care. All they care about is, hey, this is my situation. This is my goal. Help me get to it based off, like just based off of what I see you talk about on social media and based off of other people's results, 
help me get to that. Nobody cares the education I went through. Not one person I've helped asks, hey, can I see your fitness and health degree or diploma? Yeah. I think um, one thing, though, that is still kind of um, looked for in today's society, at least, is having at least a high school diploma. Oh, yeah. That's definitely that again that comes to low risk versus high risk dropping out mm-hmm. dropping out of high school that's like the highest risk possible you know <laughs> yeah and you know unless you're like the 0.01 i don't think you should drop out of it Eman, he dropped out of high school and even he admits that look nobody should do what i did like not a single person yeah so yeah like and hey like if i wanted to personal train in person again i don't need the diploma i can just go get certified and that's all i need to be an in-person trainer you know i did not need that whole two year program you know so dropping out of that i saved a year of my life because i did complete the first year i didn't complete the second year i saved a year of my life i saved the tuition fees and then yeah i just kind of went on about my life and i haven't looked back since you know if i ever want to go through the route of in-person training I don't have to go back to school. Again, I'll get certified. I don't know how long it takes, but it certainly doesn't take a year. I think it takes like over a weekend or over a month. I'm not too sure right. how it takes, but, and it costs way, way less. I think it's like 500 bucks, not a few, mm. not 5,000 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's just another thing. You know, I think the point I'm just trying to say is, you know, if you're debating whether school's for you or not, look at your situation, look at, Hey, will degree, be a game changer or not for me it wasn't for someone like you you're not going to work at a hospital and deal with someone's medical issue without that degree so yeah exactly two polar opposites awesome so just to wrap up the podcast right before the quick fire questions and i do recommend people stay for these they literally like one or two minutes and they're very very i have fun asking them i'm sure the people i have on they have fun answering them as well but um, i'm kind of nervous yeah, <laughs> Don't worry, they're very laid back. But just to close off the main stuff over here, if you could leave the listeners with one or two pieces of advice, this can be stuff that you already touched up on throughout the podcast that you want to reiterate or something you haven't touched up on. Just some general advice for the listeners. What would you give them? Um, as vague or as specific as possible. Yeah, I would, I would probably say like um, if you have a goal in mind and there's a roadblock that's stopping you from getting there just don't ever stop uh looking for alternatives towards that goal and to not give up on it Mm -hmm. because it's definitely achievable um just an example canadian medical school is super competitive and so i kind of branched myself out to the u.s and um applied there and at the end of the day, if I become a doctor, I become a doctor, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, just always looking for alternatives to reach your goal. Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember um, the conversation we had last year. You were, you were asking me like, hey, you know, is this for me? Should I continue with the medical school route? Should I go through this? Should I go through that? And I kind of encourage you like, look, this is the path that you wanted. Just go all in. Give it a try. If you don't become a doctor, if you don't reach your end goal you just went through a very respectable undergrad program you have all these volunteer hours and experience you know you're working at chio um and all the other stuff that you're doing 
you know, you can use that into something else easily. Just don't lose sight of your main end goal, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Awesome. And the last question, as far as like the main topics go, are what are your goals for the future? Now for guests, because they're entrepreneurs, I tell them, you know, long-term goals between one and 10 years. But since you're a student, because your end goal is taking a bit longer than just one or two years, let's just say the next 10 years, you know, I know you're looking that far ahead. So what are your goals for the next 10 years, eight years, nine years, whatever it may be? Uh, sure. Uh, so I just got accepted to a medical school in the U.S. Um, so as far as my one to ten, it's probably going to take close, <laughs> close to ten years before I'm an actual attending doctor. But um, probably practicing either in family or emergency medicine, um, just a primary care type uh, specialty. I don't, I don't know if I want to own my own practice or work in a hospital, but that's kind of a decision that I'll have to make down the line. Mm-hmm. Any other goals? Is that your only goal or do you have anything outside of uh, school? You know, do you have any like projects you want to be working on in the future? Any investments you want to make? Or is it just like, that's your end goal, which is, again, that's fine. I, you know, I think you should always focus on one thing, but I'm just asking out of curiosity. Yeah, just on the side, like I've always been into kind of creating content. Um, I'm very like sporadic with it. Like I have a YouTube channel. I tried starting a podcast, but, you know, things get busy and stuff. But Mm -hmm. maybe down the line, like having a bigger presence on social media or like having a YouTube channel uh, would be cool. Um, Probably always, always having some sort of involvement in soccer. I want to for sure continuously play like at least once a week recreationally and maybe even like coach uh, mm. just to just to pass on some like knowledge and stuff to younger generations. Um, and and yeah, I think I think that's all I could think of right now. Awesome. Good luck <laughs> with everything, man. You know, you're on the right path. So I have no doubt that everything's going to work out for you. Thank you, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Of course. That pretty much wraps up the main stuff. Now going on to the quick fire questions. Six questions, very, very easy going. You're going to answer them in like one or two sentences max. Sure. So the first one would be favorite pastime away from study. Uh, you know what? It's a split, honestly, between soccer and probably, probably just chilling and like watching youtube videos nice yeah people that are listening to this that know you very well they're probably not surprised (laughs) by that answer at all i certainly am not (laughs) um favorite subject from high school favorite subject hmm uh i feel like biology would probably be the smart answer to say but (laughs) i don't know man i really like gym class (laughs) yeah that's a good answer (laughs) um go to restaurant so you know you're hungry you got to go somewhere where do you go mm, gotta go to the keg with my girl nice yeah, man. very high quality there favorite high school memory uh oh man so many <laughs> um oh so many you can okay. name a couple all right uh with you specifically i would say just playing soccer together that was like 
that was awesome. Good times. Um, and you know what? Now that I think of it, you had a phenomenal goal as you subbed me off. This was in a this was in high school soccer, but in a in a club. Mo subbed me off and then scored the game-winning goal. So, oh yeah, that was awesome. You, you literally, you literally took my my time of of uh, sunshine, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and the other best time in high school, uh, relay for life, was awesome with uh, my group of friends just being a part of that and raising money for cancer. Um, that was really special as well. Awesome, awesome. Favorite university memory so far? Ooh. Um man, it feels like like I'm I'm in my fourth year right now, but it honestly feels like it, it went by so fast. It, it has. Um favorite university memory. I would probably say first year I was on a futsal team. And before the games, me and some friends would uh, just hang out before it and have some fun. Nice, nice. Back in simpler times. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. And the last quick fire question, if you can go back and do it all over, would you do anything different? And I mean, go back as far as like freshman, high, freshman year of high school. Uh, you know, I would, I would honestly say um if people who are interested in medicine or another professional program i would say there's programs out there that allow direct entry from high school so i'm talking about like um like a six-year program and at the end of it you kind of get like a combined undergrad slash um like medicine degree And so these exist in the States and in Quebec and in Europe and Australia and things like that. So if you're dead set on what you want to do, you may be able to forego a whole bachelor's degree uh, and then like applying to medical school after. So I would say if I were to redo it, I knew I was kind of focused on medicine. I would look into those programs. Um, You know, having a bachelor's degree was honestly very helpful it it helped me mature and and fine-tune a lot of my studying skills and so I'm, I'm thankful for that part of it but I feel like it would be a lot easier if there was like a six-year direct entry program I, I kind of got myself into from right after high school yeah all right awesome that pretty much wraps up the quick fire questions and the cool. entire podcast as a whole so Zach thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me it was long-awaited yeah man long overdue but hey man it it was great so again thank you so much thanks for having me of course of course and to everyone listening thank you so much for listening i hope you got a lot of value out of this and i'll catch you guys in the next episode take care so i hope you guys enjoyed that episode if you did Go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and I'll catch you guys next Monday.